Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain, Bradley Burrows and guests. Hello and welcome to the NZ Tech Podcast. You are here with episode 18. Tonight we have myself, Paul Spain. You've got Bradley Burrows. Mitch Olsen. And our special guest, Mitch Olsen. How are you, Mitch? Good, thanks, Paul. Sorry, I just talked over you there. I, I apologise for that. That'll be uh, my fault for being uh, coming in uh, from a remote location other than rather than being in the studio where I can actually see what's going on. So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, on the agenda tonight, we've got, uh, we've got a whole bunch of tech news. Uh, we've got updates on our competition for the... Two Degrees LG Optimus X giveaway uh, and a bunch of other bits and pieces. But uh, rather than uh, give too much away, let's uh, let's dive straight into uh, to the agenda. And we're going to start first up by uh, by having a chat to Mitch and hearing a little bit about uh, Mitch's firm, Small Worlds. So, uh, Mitch, thanks very much for coming in and uh, and joining us tonight. Sure. Now, we, we've we've heard quite a bit about uh, small small worlds uh, gaming platform. Can you uh, can you give a little bit of a, a uh, an introduction to our audience, um, particularly those that uh, that that haven't heard about uh, what you're doing, and uh, uh, tell us a little bit about your game? Sure. So. Um we're a um, the, the company itself is called Outsmart. We're a, a game development studio based here in um, Auckland on uh, K Road, and about um, we started. In fact, we started as a, a services company developing uh, what we called rich internet, rich internet applications back in 2005. This was sort of around the the, the Web 2.0 era, and um, at the beginning of 2007, we started developing Small Worlds. Small Worlds is a a, a casual virtual world. It's targeted at um, users um, or players a, uh, aged 13 and above. And uh, as well as our own domain at www.smallworlds.com, we're also embedded in a number of um, social networks like Facebook, MySpace, High Five, um, and a number of um, uh, casual game portals as well. Oh, that's great! Now, you've you've amassed quite a number of users since you've launched. What um, what's your your membership at now? Your number of players? We're just uh, bordering on about uh, seven million registered users at the moment. Wow! <laughs> and we're adding about we're at about uh, a quarter of a million users every uh, month. And where are the, where's the bulk of those users coming from? Are you finding the Facebooks pulling them through, or? Um, well, and geographically, 70% of those users are coming out of the US yeah. uh, presently, and that's because initially we, we haven't had really much of a, an advertising budget, and what small budget we did have, we focused it on the US market. Um, and then beyond that, uh, probably 60, 65% of our users are viral, so that means they're just finding us through search engines, search engines or through word of mouth. Um, social networks like Facebook make up about 15% of our users today. Oh, wow. I would have expected that to be a lot higher. Well, it's the the um, virtual worlds by their nature tend to be more of a, uh, a deeper engagement than the typical games that you'll find on uh, Facebook. So the sorts of games, the, the sorts of games that have flourished on the Facebook platform have been games which are specifically engineered to capture five to fifteen minutes of your attention. Right. And you'll see um, game mechanics uh, such as limited energy being used. So in other words you're given a certain amount of energy that you can use um, and once you've used that energy up then you basically have to come back the next day and this is all part of um, you know, a lot the whole uh, social the so-called social gaming which is basically games that reside on Facebook are, are games where the um, where the game developers are attempting to get the users to come back every day. Right. So the whole one of the key metrics that game developers are looking at, social game developers are looking at, is the ratio between the daily active users and the monthly active users and trying to get that high as possible so that they effectively try and become part of the, the ritual or the, the, the uh, everyday um, uh, ritual um, practice of, of people in, in, in their day. 
So what, one of the things I want to know is that um, my wife's addicted to Frontierville, Farmville, and all those Zynga <laughs> games, right? And one of the things you can do is, you, like you said, you can come back every day and harvest your wheat or whatever you need to do. But you can also pay yep. money to try and sort of just speed things up. Sure. Do you have that in your in the, in the small worlds? How does it sort of work and how does it sort of – what's the purpose of it and bits and pieces like that? Well, I think one of the things that's really changed in the face of gaming over the last um, – in particular over the last two or three years has been the rise of – of the so-called premium business models, yep. sorry, freemium business models, which okay, is yeah. whereby they're free to play, um, but they basically hoped to um, uh, incent uh, a proportion of their users to basically hand over their money. Yep. And typically that ranges between 3 to 5%. And there's a number of different ways that this is done. One of the most uh, common ways is by providing um, some sort of functional advantage to, um, to users. So in other words, being able to extend the energy so that you can play for longer. Yep. Um, another key driver inside of social games is what's called social capital. That is the uh, the idea about who you, who, what you look like to the other players in the world. So it's because you've got, as an example, within small worlds, uh, one of the things that um, that uh, a number of players are interested in is is, is having the the coolest um, clothes or the or the or the the best um, hover skateboard or the but these are the <laughs> things that you're basically a part of your identity and how you appear to others in the world and and people are prepared to pay um, uh, good money to in order to differentiate themselves. Wow. Now, and Tim, you're talking about the freemium business model, and that seems to be becoming more and more common. And you know, we see it. I guess we've seen it with uh, you know Google. Uh, you know, they have uh, Gmail and and the like, and you can come and get started for free. And then you want to you know start building uh, a business or you know a group around around that. Uh, so there are there are paid options. How well does that work for you? Are you finding that every user comes in and and spends some money, or is it a, a small percentage that spend a lot? Yeah, how, how successful is it? Well, um, last week we had uh, Tim Train from um, who heads the East Coast studio for Zynga was out here. Now we know that Zynga they've just filed their um, IPO, um, yeah. and uh, we as part of the filing they had to re- they released a whole lot of extra information. We know, for instance, that um, they have um, 140 million um, unique players playing across their platform. So. Wow. Wow. 280 million monthly active users across all of their games, but obviously some of their players are playing more than one game. But again, if you look at that statistic that 3 to 5% of those players are going to monetize, then you can see even if they're monetizing at, a, a, at relatively low rates, um, it doesn't take long to, to um, generate a bucket load of money. Yeah. That's insane. So, so does that mean uh, you pulled up here in a Porsche tonight? <laughs> no, he, has, he did pull up in a very nice car. I will admit that. Well, we haven't. We're not quite yet at the at the point of uh, of anywhere near that scale of um, users. So. Um, um, I guess what the, our next uh, challenge is: How can we leverage um, Facebook in a in a in a in a, uh, a more powerful way than we have to date, as well as taking advantage of the other kind of emerging uh, mobile. Uh, sorry, the other merging gaming platform, which right. is uh, mobile devices. So, the the environment that the small words environment is that built into Facebook? Or do you host it all here, or is it all hosted out of the US? How does it sort of work, if that makes sense? Well, from a technology perspective, we our from our hosting is in in two different areas. So, our 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 web servers and database servers are hosted in a traditional sort of co-hosting, co-location type facility, yep. and and they're based uh, they're based out of the states, and then. The actual, the whole real-time um, aspect of the world, which is uh, because being a virtual world, it's a synchronous environment. So, uh, chat and and your presence and and that sort of thing are being having to be synchronised um, uh, across um, everyone playing at the same time. And we're running on um, Amazon's EC2 uh, oh, platform yep. for that. Cool. So, so that gives cool. us the ability to scale. Mm. Um, 
uh, seamlessly and quickly. So if we need to add on, a, if, if, for instance, weekends are typically for us a, a, a much more, um, we have a lot more players on weekends or inevitably uh, we had the sort of the 4th of July in the US and you'll have a lot more players oh, coming on. And so at the either automatically or at the flicker switch, we can add, you know, another half a dozen servers on if we need to. So do you that's, guys throw content into the um, into days like the 4th of July? Do you actually try and target the audience on the 4th of July with specific, I guess, game modes or content types? Certainly, yeah. So, I mean, if you look at um, the 4th of July, um, again, it, it's it's market-dependent, um, but um, uh, in the U.S., for instance, is again, where, as I said, 70% of our users are based there, that um, 4th of July, Halloween, um, those sorts of events are definitely areas where there's an opportunity to um, leverage players in terms of producing new content which um, which ties into those particular themes. So as an example around um, these events will typically release limited edition co- um, items, uh, it might be a, a special cape or some sort of themed content that's only available for that period of time because one of the key th- um, elements that drives uh, monetization in, in a premium-based model, at least within a, in a gaming environment where, you, where you're managing effectively the economy is the issue of um, scarcity. Yep. So you can release items <laughs> that, for instance, are only available for a limited period of time, and those those items inevitably uh, appreciate over time. So as an example, each month we release a, a special uh, a suit, which is only available for that month. It costs $5 US. The first suit that we released back in um, December 2008 um, is now valued um, in in-world currency at the equivalent of about three thousand US dollars. <laughs> Holy oh. cow! And people are trading this. Sorry, Paul. Yeah, tra- no, no, that's great. That's great. Um, so, I mean, what 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 you're doing here, um, Mitch, with Small World seems to be right along the line of what New Zealand companies really should be doing on an international basis, which is, you know, you're taking the, the great uh, ingenuity from uh, from New Zealand in terms of creativity and intellectual property and, and exporting that for uh, for international revenue. Are you seeing uh, many other companies entering into this game space? I mean, you guys seem to be uh, blazing a, a real trail here. I haven't seen any other companies yeah. sort of uh, certainly in the same space as, as you guys. Well, I, I think that the New Zealand is ideal daily position to be producing this sort of um, these sorts of products uh, where um, where the um, for a start I think that the New Zealand's um, psyche um, is very much geared towards that uh, that ca- the capacity to be able to combine creativity and technology together and uh, the movie industry we've already proven in the last uh, in the last 10 years or so that again driven a lot out of that combination between technology and creativity gaming is another perfect area where we can do that and where distance to market is not so much of um, an issue also the availability to skilled and, and creative people here in New Zealand it's a lot easier to get hold of those people than it is say for instance in the, in the the on the west coast of the US mm. where um, where resources are a lot more um, um, there's a lot more competition going on so we've been able to retain our staff um, you know the, all of our key staff for the, for the whole time that we've been in business, whereas if we were based in um, Silicon Valley or San Francisco, we would have had probably three or four times the staff turnover. And, and how big is, is is the company at the moment? Are you able to tell us? Yeah, or? so we've got currently we've got about a team of about thirty five. Um, yeah, about 35 people here based in, in Auckland. And then we have a, a team who's uh, based all around the world who provide all the sort of in-world support. So it's a 24-7, uh, 365 type operation. So um, uh, we need to have people in the world all the time. And they're typically, um, they typically come from our um, player base. So we've got a full-time of equivalent of about another 35 people based around the world. That's great. And are you actively recruiting, or have you got about the right number of people at the at the moment? Or should any of our listeners who are uh, you know interested uh, get in touch? We're always looking for for uh, smart and creative people. I think the thing around um, I think uh, 
gaming is a, r- a really exciting uh, space to be working working and it's an area where you need to both have both sides of your brain developed you need to have both that uh, the as an uh, or at least from a from an engineering perspective you need to have that uh, that left side of your brain developed but uh, you also need to have the right side of your brain developed for creativity mm. and finding those people is is difficult and we're always keeping our eyes open for um, good engineers and and um, and good artists so I've got a question around um, browsers and phones. We sort of t- touched on that a little bit. Now, for the people out there that actually want to give this a go, is, is there any limitations on the browsers that people can use, or are you open to every browser? Well, at the moment, the, the product is primarily uh, the product is flash based. Yep. So at the moment, we've got a single product, and one of our, our what we've been looking what we're looking to do over the next um, twelve months is extend beyond just that single product. But our core product is, is uh, runs on the flash player. Yep. So it's really a product that's that's tough targeted at desktop um, computers that, that can uh, run the Flash player. So in other words, it, it, it won't run on the um, uh, iOS platform. Okay. And are you looking to migrate that to an HTML5, the new language that's coming out? or HTML5 is certainly one of the technologies that we're um, looking at. We've been looking at lots of different technologies. Unity is another kind of a, an interesting technology, which is uh, we've been looking at from the perspective of 3D. Uh, we know that Adobe are coming out with a... Um, 3D hardware accelerated version of their Flash Player later on this year, and that's going to introduce yep. lots of new opportunities in terms of being able to push the boundaries and um, in terms of what a browser-based game can do as well. So and I've got a sort of Paul's telling me to hurry up on this one, but um, a quick question on the phone platform. Obviously, that that's become a huge market. I mean, Windows Phone's got Xbox Live, um, iOS has got obviously their games and app stores, and along with um, the Google platform, are you looking to actually sort of have that mobile handheld device? Where you can play the virtual world that hooks up into your back end that way, or yeah, definitely. I think that 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 um, we're going to see the mobile um, that increasingly more and more uh, games, um, more and more of our life are centering around the mobile devices. Mm. So uh, certainly, the idea of being able to. Um, to be able to connect with your friends or be able to connect with some of the fundamental elements of the gameplay wherever you are um, makes perfect sense and, and we're definitely looking at the um, at uh, at least iOS and Android and and, uh, and the Windows platforms. Yeah, it'd be amazing if you could actually pull in things like Facebook and LinkedIn and Foursquare and Twitter feeds into the virtual world as you're going along and it, yeah we all re- i mean we already do that oh, we fantastic. already do a lot of those things you can all of Flickr and youtube and and um I'm and about twitter to get and that are already <laughs> integrated in there i'm about to get hazard by skip oh no i'm not gonna say anything i'm just gonna say look these guys are well ahead of our thinking it's great it's fan oh thoroughly enjoyed that it's really interesting Great. Oh, thank, thanks for that, Mitch. Well, uh, let, let's keep going through the news, and uh, if, uh, if, Mitch, you've got time to, uh, to stay with us, we'll be interested to hear some of your opinions as, uh, as we duck and dive through, uh, through some of the news. And argue. <laughs> Uh, now, just in the last couple of days, um, HP have finally launched their uh, their new touchpad device. So this is another tablet coming onto the market with another operating system. Of course, we had the uh, BlackBerry Playbook launched uh, a few weeks ago, and it's just launched in uh, just launched in Australia, I see. Uh, and now uh, Hewlett Packard have launched the touchpad, which is based on the uh, the Palm operating system WebOS that they acquired uh, last year. Have uh, have you guys had a had a bit of a look at uh, any of the news surrounding that? We obviously haven't had our hands on it just yet because there aren't any in the country that I'm aware of. So look, I know HP have been going around um, different corporates here in Auckland, um, showing off a tablet version of the WebOS. Um, I haven't actually personally had my hands on it. I've seen a few demos online. Um, I think we're going to try and look to get our hands on one in LA, aren't we, Paul? Yeah, we'll try and uh, have a look on one um, so we can chat about yeah the hands-on experience, certainly on next next week's show. It, it looks slick, Mitch. Have you seen much about it? Or? Uh, yeah, I've just I mean I've just read a few reviews. It, it looks like they've, uh, there's there's a lot of elements in terms of the, they've copied the form factor and and the uh, the general look of the the, the first iPad. Um, I like the look of the operating system. Mm. Uh, the hardware itself looks like it's um, the, one of the elements. It seems like it's quite a thick device. Yeah. Um, but um, it's great to see uh, it's great to see another player um, having a, a good play in that area. It'll be interesting to see, though. I'm 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 sceptical about whether there's room for um, 
four four players, even um, even three, I suspect, might be the um, limit of the market. It's more like the phone market, isn't it? I mean, everyone's sort of talking around a Google, Microsoft, Android world for the phones. It's going to be interesting to see what HP can push into the tablet market with a four player. With the, you know, um, they've got they've got the reach, they've got the engineering background. It's just they've got to get the form factor right, I think. And and it's whoever's got the most apps in yep. the app marketplace. If they've got the best app marketplace, they win. It's as simple as that. Yeah, and that's well, it's it's the whole ecosystem. So it's a bigger picture. It's you know, it's movies, it's music, it's apps. You know, it's the browser. All of all of those elements coming together, and then again, the global reach of it as well. Which certainly HP have got that global reach. Yeah. Um, I don't know what their what their global launch plans are, but if we look back at uh, at Palm when they launched the Palm Pre, which was the, the you know the the first uh, phone with this new WebOS, um, that that didn't really get outside of the states, uh, certainly yeah. not very far out of the states. So uh, it's you know HP are going to have to pour a lot of money into uh, spreading this around globally and, and marketing dollars if it's going to win that uh, that solid market share. You, you do realise what this is going to be though over the next little while, another round of lawsuits. <laughs> I mean, effectively, people are going to be trying to tie each other up into lawsuits. Yeah. You know, oh, that icon looks like something that we did on a platform we did years ago or. Now, I mean, it's, you can see it happening with all the developers yep. now, so it's craziness. Look, I don't mind the lawsuits as long as it doesn't stop the innovation. Everyone just keeps releasing these new things anyway. Uh, <laughs> I don't mind what goes on in the background. Look, at least with Windows 8, the tiles are original. So they, they hopefully <laughs> no one, I mean, look, who's, who's Samsung was suing Apple? Apple was suing Samsung for the, for the look and feel. Um, then there was a Nokia. Everyone was trying to sue Nokia at one stage. And, and Nokia's then, trying to sue everyone else. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> Microsoft had some patents that Android Android had borrowed inverted commas, which they now sorted that one. It's just all over the show at the moment. It really is. So, also on the news this week, uh, Office 365 that launched uh, just after our last show, and uh, great to have that out out on the market. And uh, again, seeing some more competition there in that, uh, um, I guess, Office productivity space and, and online email. Um, you guys have been playing around with it for a while, Mitch. Have you had a look at Office 365 at all? No, no. No. Okay. So, what, what, so from yeah. our side, Paul, I, I, I was able to find out today that they've got 40 million paying users on Office 365. Ooh, wow. So That's, Google apparently has 20 million at the moment, so they've doubled that already when they launched with 40 million paying users on Office It's 3. been a long time coming. It's finally good to see uh, Microsoft years. doing a, <laughs> yeah. um, making a, a decent consumer play in the, in the cloud space. Yeah. I totally agree. Sorry, Paul. No, that's good. No, that's good. And uh, now next on the list um, that's, I guess, sort of related is the latest service pack for Microsoft Office 2010 that's come out. Not not big news, but it sort of ties in around uh, Office 365. I think um, there there's some sort of tie in there. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I bang this in the agenda just to sort of as, a, as an FYI to all our listeners out there that this one's just sort of come into the wild. It, it's not a major update if you've been doing your different updates and there's no major new features in there from what I've seen. Um, I did it yesterday took half an hour but it just gives a little bit of performance increase and I, I just noticed a little bit of uh, less um, use of resources resources on the machine. So, But it's worth, it's worth updating if you see it come out, grab it. It's always good to keep those up to date. Good. Now, bigger, much bigger news than that. Google yes. Plus has Ooh. landed. Yes, now this has gone viral in the US. Absolutely humongous. The funny thing I was reading about uh, yes yesterday was that um, the the user on this new social network that has the most uh, followers <laughs> oh, yes. is Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> so he signed up within an hour. He absolutely blew out the number of people that were following him. It just it just went viral. It's brilliant. So Paul, you've been using Google Plus, haven't you? I've been having a bit of a look around, and uh, you know, there's certainly um, you know a bunch of people that have jumped on early and built up their networks. They're posting po- posting their little uh, uh, messages that are you know. I saw somebody refer to it as a sort of cross between Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you know, they're posting up photos and messages and and so on. And uh, it, it operates around this sort of circles uh, concept. So you you create sort of a um, a circle of friends and a circle that your family and maybe a circle of acquaintances and so on and so you might share different things into different spaces Uh, so it's a little bit of a um, 
uh, a, maybe a smarter you know concept for the way it groups people when compared to you know Facebook for instance and 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 some of the other uh, you know some of the other platforms and it just seems to it takes that a step further uh, but in terms of really diving into it it's it's just a little bit too too new for me to say I haven't got too far with it um, have you guys had, had had much of a look just yet I mean it's only really just come out hasn't it I've tried to connect to it, but I can't because I've signed up and it just says, sorry, we've kind of stressed out our servers and you'll have to wait for the next round of invites. So I think it was... And that was the issue I had a few days ago where I got the invite and then, and then you know, I mean, it's a sort of classic thing. They want everyone to get excited about it, but but actually uh, it is a beta and they're not really geared up for too many users just yet. Hmm. My, My big thing at the moment, right, is there's 500 million users on Facebook my entire family use Facebook to send photos and that. To start, unless you could integrate between the two, it, it, there's got to be. There's no compelling reason for me to move across to Google Plus at the moment. I like. Look, I, I understand they've got the privacy right at the moment. They're doing a really good job there. But for me at the moment, it's sort of. I'd have to tell all my family you've got to get Google Plus accounts, and they'd be like, "Well, how do I do that? It's taken enough to get Facebook working, you know." And I just, I think. If Google Plus is smart, they'll have a plugin that allows you to pull in some Facebook information as well through some of the free APIs. But Mitch, for you guys, for your the environment that you guys work, is this something that you guys are going to look at? Or oh, definitely. I mean, you can't really afford in this day and age. You can't really afford not to to keep your eyes on what's happening out yeah. there in the marketplace. And I think that Microsoft, have, uh, sorry, that uh, Google have done a really credible job. It's um, in terms of uh, what I've I've had a little play with it, but m- more than anything, just really read a lot about it and and. Um, I think what they've done is a great job in terms of the general architecture of it. I really like the key concepts, this idea around um, circles, for instance, I think is an, is an area which um, uh, Twitter and and, um, and Facebook haven't really been able to address in terms of how you share relevant information with the different groups or the different circles of people in your life. I think they've done an excellent job there. Mm. And I think that the what's going to be really interesting and which we haven't really seen yet is exactly what is uh, Google's go-to-market plans because, as you say, it's going to be the difficulty is how do you actually encourage people to uh, to join up? I think one of the one advantage that they do have is, is Google obviously have a, a massive presence um, on the internet with through their search engine and through their advertising display network and their products. And so there's an opportunity for them to be able to, in effect, uh, provide a sort of uh, a an on the the on ramps into the product. Um, are, um, there's lots of opportunities for them to, to produce some good um, on-ramps to the product. So I'm really interested to see how they how they execute on their go-to-market plan. So a quick tidbit, search is not built in into Google Plus at the moment. At, at the moment, they've announced that search is not there out, out of the box. It may come in future releases, but right now, Google search is not built in there. Um, is which is just, really interesting. Is it just me, or does it seem that Google have all of a sudden got a marketing department? Because everything they're starting to produce now actually looks reasonably slick. Like, I've just been looking at the Google Apps stuff today, and it's like they've just rebranded that puppy, and it looks actually looks very appealing. One word, competition. <laughs> no, seriously, that's what it is. Look what happened to Microsoft. They got a big boot up the bum and competition. But it's what's been interesting, I think, and what, you, what you're pointing to, to my mind, is that they've been very much an engineering-led company, yes. which has put the uh, the user experience has been secondary to functionality. Yeah. And what we've seen with, you, you look at the Google Plus um, homepage, you just look at the copy on that page mm. as well. It's very slick. It's yep. um, And I, I agree with you. I do think that they've definitely lifted their game and they're definitely, um, there's more focus on uh, product and user experience than there is in their traditional focus, which has been very much engineering leads, and it's great to see. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, loving it. Um, I'm yeah. That that comment about search not being built in, I found that there was search, but you basically ended up with your uh, you've got your kind of Google yeah uh, toolbar type thing there, and and I was trying to search for somebody, and it and it was actually dropping me to a Google search, not a search yes. within the network, and yeah, that was oh yeah, really uh, it really threw me, uh, and there are some of those bits where it, where it's you know certainly looking yeah looking slicker than a, than a lot of the um, the past offerings from Google. Uh, but there, there were you know I still found elements of it were uh, were somewhat confusing. Uh, maybe that's I'm just getting a little bit uh, old for all this new technology. <laughs> so 
So I've got a question for you guys. Give me a command line any day, right? I've got a question for you guys. So there's sort of three camps or three thoughts out there at the moment. One, it's because remember Google's failed at this before. Buzz came along and Buzz buzzed away, right? Yeah. Um, So and there was a whole social network before that. If we go back, yeah. So they've had two attempts. This is their third go at it, which is very un-Google-like. So there's the three camps. One, Google will win and Facebook will disappear. Second camp of thought, Facebook will win and Google will disappear. Third camp of thought, like the Pepsi Coke thing, they'll both coexist. There'll be a 49, 51% and they'll fluctuate around. Where, where, what do you guys think, Skip? Uh, it's too early to tell, eh? Come on, uh, get off I, the fence. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard because Facebook, you can actually see Facebook is declining. There are numbers coming off yep. Facebook. So No, no, no. When you say they're declining, I think that what's, what we see is that there's the, the Facebook, the, uh, the U.S. market, they've basically saturated the U.S. Correct. market. Right. Okay. Um, but there's still their numbers in terms of there's still opportunity for them to grow their um, their um, international market. China is a huge market for them, right? They haven't really got into, well, they haven't got into there because of yeah. all the security. But, I mean, that's one. India is another one. Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting back and just having a think about the people that I know within, um, you know, that that I'm connected to through uh, Facebook, and there are certain elements of of that uh, group who who I know will be using it right now uh, just to try it out because they're interested in in the latest tech things, right? Uh, But there are other uh, people within that I think of, you know, my parents and, you know, various other sort of family members that aren't particularly sort of tech savvy um, well they may be tech savvy but they, they're not just going to jump jump on board because it's the latest uh, the latest thing uh, in the same way that they're on board with Skype but they're not going to get on board with uh, you know other sorts of uh, instant messenger and and uh, video and voice chat uh, type tools because they've already got that that box ticked so I think there's going to be a segment of the market that are unlikely to move onto the platform particularly quickly so that you know that's likely to hold the platform up but i guess if uh, if everyone else jumps on board then uh, you know eventually they'll have to if everyone leaves facebook all right so mitch what's your what's your thought well, a very provocative question um i think that uh, i mean at the moment the, the the question presupposes that there's 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 um there's a single product if you like and 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 a, and a winner takes all i think that at the moment if you see that obviously facebook have got the social market yep. and google have got search and and uh, i would have said advertising but we can it was in fact only just this in the last uh, few weeks that that we've uh, that facebook apparently have overtaken yes. google in terms of oh, the wow. advertising yep. revenues but um I, I think that the um, uh, personally, I think there's room for for both players in the market, and I think that that uh, in the area of social, that um, that uh, that Facebook have got everything to lose from the perspective of the that that Google can. I think if, if there's anyone in the world who can mount a credible yes. um, attack on on Facebook, it's it's Google, and um, I'd love to see I'd love to see a good uh, fight go on there. I'm Pepsi Coke. I think they're both going to exist, but I think the biggest winner will be the person that writes something that allows the two to talk, so they can have one interface to do everything. But let's let's not forget the other player in the room, which is Twitter. Now I know it's been a very much a uh, uh, a background player in the past, but we've got now with the iOS integration, um, uh, which is coming out in the in the, uh, sometime this month. It'll be interesting to see what that's going to do because that's going to make the the Twitter platforms uh, available to a much broader audience it'll, than they've it'll traditionally probably make have. It fall over. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we're, we're going to we're going to jump a bit into to Mango as well, which obviously has got that yeah. integration as well. Which is, so they're all starting to do that. I mean, look look at the linkage. Everyone's starting to do that same thing at the same time, which is that innovation we were talking about earlier. So, but we'll jump into Mango in a little bit. But it's going to be and, and let's not for, let's not. For Forget uh, MySpace. Uh, oh yes, <laughs> Justin Timberlake, no, thirty-five million. Let's forget. Out. <laughs> uh, so apparently they're going to reinvent themselves with uh, with Justin Timberlake uh, somewhere in the mix. They're trying. He's bringing to. sexy back with MySpace. <laughs> Wasn't Justin Timberlake the guy that bought Facebook? Yeah, he or was. co-founded Facebook in the movie. The other one we've got is the is the earlier social network that was there before MySpace, which is uh, Friendster. And I had an email from them the other day telling me that my uh, my account was that I had to clear everything out of my old account because their 
relaunching or yeah, bringing a new platform, and my old data won't be carried across. So um, oh, great customer I didn't service. Realize that they were still in existence. So uh, <laughs> you know, we, we've got to remember that uh, although Facebook is you know has has grown bigger by magnitudes than anything else, uh, there is quite a history of of these sort of networks going the way of the you know what was once the trendy nightclub. Uh, you know, soon soon becomes the club that uh, has gone out of business and shut down. Uh, maybe we'll see a similar thing with uh, with some of these uh, social networks. There you go, my two cents worth. Anyway, cool. All right, let's move on. We, we've got a lot more to uh, to get through, which we'll we'll try and uh, we'll try and squeeze in. IE ten. There's a new uh, preview out of uh, Microsoft's new browser. Yeah, so I mean, Microsoft have a, a a sort of a. a review cycle at the moment every 12 weeks they're going to release a new update to the developer version of the internet explorer which they're starting to adopt for all their other platforms actually so two days ago ie 10 which is going to be the windows 8 browser which will be html5 all based they released preview 2 which you can download from microsoft.com forward slash ie i think um and look it doesn't have any of the nice what they call the chrome interface so that's all the ui at the top there it's purely just allows you to for developers to see what's going on in the back, um, the back end, um, but this will be the Windows 8 browser when it gets released. Okay, good, good. Mitch, from your perspective as a firm that's developing for the web, um, are you fi- are you finding a lot of issues with the uh, you know the the number? Well, I guess we've got we've got a number of major browsers on the market now, and they're regularly coming out with new versions. Or are you uh, reasonably abstracted from that by the f- the fact that you're uh, you know you're based on Flash primarily? Well, we're somewhat um, we're somewhat um, insulated from it because of uh, a lot of the coders based in Flash. But I think that any anyone who's running on the web has to um, um, is inevitably going to be interfacing in with uh, you know the HTML and, and JavaScript level is, is interfacing in with different browsers, and um, it is quite frankly a pain in the bottom to have to uh, <laughs> to be compatible with all of the different yep. um, browsers. There's certainly a, ve- a lot of competition and. and and uh, going in amongst the um, amongst the browsers at the moment, I'd like to see. Um, but they all seem to be. Uh, they all take up a hell of a lot more memory than I'd like to. Than I'd personally like to uh, give to them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, well, that's interesting. I just uh, where the next topic is uh, <laughs> Hotmail and Gmail updates. Now they've, they've both come out with. Um, with some some improvements there, Brad. You were uh, you were highlighting before when we, we were chatting offline about the speed improvements in Hotmail. Yeah, look, I mean, well, both of them actually are, are claiming some major speed improvements, and and some of them is already. Um, so Hotmail's talking around HTML5 improvements there. Uh, one of the big things for Hotmail is that they're announcing that they're ten times faster than they were with the old system so the html5 improvements they reckon and i haven't tested it fully yet but look it's a lot slicker um if you use skydrive at all it's following that methodology where they're actually trying to have a very clean interface in the way it's sort of your, your email is presented but they're also bringing in all the services now into sort of one page so once you've logged into it you've got your skydrive access you've got your photos video link-ins but also the email and everything else is now very um it's very um, Outlook over interface looking now very clean. You've got a very rich, powerful tool there. So, but it looks quick on the Gmail side. Um, I had a quick go of my Gmail account the other night, um, and again, it was. Uh, I always find Gmail fast. So, uh, yeah. so both of them now. I think it's getting down to the old CPU thing. You know, it's it's sort of like. They're both so really quick now. Any improvements, you don't really notice those those major things. I think it's becoming feature-based. Mitch, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that the, the, the biggest change that... Um that uh, I haven't noticed any difference in speed. Um, the other thing that Google released uh, this week was just some some new uh, skins, some new themes for Gmail, and yep. and again I think it goes skip back to your comment in terms of um, of Google becoming um, uh, a little more um, cognizant of of what the the look of their apps are. Um, but um, 
Yeah, it's it's uh, it's. I'm I'm a very keen webmail user, and I think that um, I, I can't imagine going back to to using a uh, to using a thick client for email. This the search capability is just amazing. Yeah, I agree totally. I mean, that's one of the things they're starting to do is everyone's everyone's doing the same things now. It's like the Windows Phone. You've got search, you've got drag and drop, you've got the ability to have it mobile on many devices. So gone are the days where it was, where it was down to one platform. These are cross cross platform tools now on multiple browsers. You get the same look and feel which is great well i've just found a news flash i've just gone into hotmail to see how quick it is and i don't go in there very often uh but uh i've got a i've got an email direct from the ceo of friendster uh to tell me and this might be interesting to you mitch uh that they're relaunching friendster as a new social gaming portal so uh, uh they've probably got all of about 100 users they're going to dive in there but uh, maybe oh, there's an export opportunity uh for yeah well i mean if, if this is exactly what um high five did about uh 18 months or two years ago when they basically relaunched themselves as a gaming platform myspace tried to do uh, a similar sort of thing about 12 months ago in terms of changing the focus to social gaming because again if you look at uh, Facebook, really the the what's driven their um, at least their financial success has been advertising, and that's predominantly been driven through social gaming. So social gaming really is the is the engine that has driven a lot of the revenue and monetization of um, of Facebook and social networks as a whole. Yeah. I don't rate. I don't rate friends. <laughs> really, I never would have guessed. That. You're poor. I never would have guessed. That. Yeah, you don't look like you're shaking your boots at all. But. Uh, okay, I, I have been bugging Paul on instant messenger while he's been here. Can we talk about mango, please? Mango, mango, mango. Yes, please. Is that What's the, that? Is that the fruit? Oh, that we, is the fruit. We've got all these mangoes in the, around here at the moment. So. We're Skip, myself, and Paul. We're all mangoed. Mango is uh, the next version of Microsoft's uh, Windows Phone 7 operating system. Now, we are under some form of NDA. So <laughs> we've got to be very careful what we talk about here. What's an NDA? <laughs> <laughs> I really like my job. So, <laughs> But we've currently got it. We're, now, we're not allowed to talk about all the features. We only can talk about what's been publicly listed. Is that correct, Paul? Is that the way we're interpreting it at the moment? Yeah, I think so. I mean, a, a non the non disclosure agreement that we all had to sort of tick on when, when we installed it. Uh, yeah, basically said we're not really supposed to chat about it, but but actually there's a lot of information already out there in the public yep. domain, so we can chat about those things and 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 maybe a few others. I mean, one of the things I I noticed, and I'm sure somebody's probably published this already, is how quick it is to boot up. It is such a fast operating system to boot. So and there's it, my there's my first little snippet. Yeah, look, and I mean for me at the moment, Xbox live is lightning fast for people that have used the previous version um it was quite slow this one is 20 times faster skip probably it is just lightning lightning fast um there are a lot of social media integration that is just very very nice to have um the linkedin boxes stunning absolutely stunning they've got that right i mean i understand apple's going to get there get that all working on theirs at the moment um, I'm trying to think of. Well, Apple are bringing in, in Twitter support, aren't they? But I yep. don't think they're going to have a um, uh, central uh, ties into Facebook or, or LinkedIn. So no. that, that that certainly will be a, a differentiator that puts the Windows Phone platform, in terms of the built-in capabilities, uh, a little bit more socially connected than than the other platforms to a degree. Although you know they've all got pretty capable um, you know functions in, in those regard, and you know Android too, very good there. They'll get there. They'll they'll do it. I mean, it's if the market's what if that's what the market wants, that's what they'll deliver. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, and that is very slick. Yeah. I will say that. And I'm finding the office. I mean, I, I use look. We use Office 365 here for the show, and I've got that built in with the office tiles that we've got here. And I'm just finding the speed of that is fun. Well, we're talking two seconds to open in, in the cloud documents, edit them, work online. And that integration, they've got that really nicely done with the SkyDrive integration as well. So um, other than that, I might get in trouble if I talk about it too much. Uh, yeah, there, there, there is a lot of stuff in there. And for, for any of our listeners who are already using the platform, you'll be really, really pleased with all the little things that are just that are there. Everywhere you go, you just keep finding new things. So um, it, it is going to be a really nice platform. The other thing I've been coming across recently is, uh, you know, businesses that, you know, have been maybe on BlackBerry or maybe they've been on um, older Windows phone platforms and so on for, for their communication 
applications and now I'm starting to sort of see that there's a there's a bit of demand starting to build up around Windows Phone 7 and I think the Mango release will uh, you know we'll see this um, the Windows Phone platform sort of start start to get uh, out into a lot more businesses and I think if they keep working on uh, those social features and the Xbox you know live stuff uh, it should do well in, in the consumer space if Microsoft can uh, um, can can get the right sort of marketing push around it because it certainly is a, a fantastic product. Yeah, look, I mean, Mitch and I were talking about this off air. I mean, there's room in the market for three players. Um, obviously, HP are trying to push into that space as well with their tablet OS. So, but at the moment, I mean, there's the yeah, Android, Microsoft, and, and Google is where I, I see those three. And I mean, if the Nokia thing comes off, this could be really, really good. Okay, and one thing that I will say about this is that um, it is very slick, but I can't get a device. In New Zealand, I can't get a device. There's no point getting excited about it until we start getting that device supply sorted. Yep, no, we've got to, we've got to push Vodafone and Telecom. And, and two degrees, degrees to uh, yeah yep. to, to, to pull through with more devices and and I think that'll that'll happen and it, you know part of that comes to demand right they're not going to release ten devices for an operating system that that no one's interested in but they should be uh, they should be you know releasing yeah, good devices and so on I think you know most of us weren't too impressed with I mean and, and Skip you're, you're on the XT network there not too impressed with the handset that um, that that telecom have launched it's a you know a really big handset uh, probably not appropriate for sort of 90% of users right yeah it just doesn't it just looks like it could break I mean it's it's actually two movable parts you can flip out a keyboard yep. so, and I'm not downing LG I think it's it's probably a very nice device but it just doesn't feel like where a lot of our users in the business are wanting to go now and the XT network is great um, but yeah, I don't know where their handsets are. So. Nokia, Nokia, Nokia. Nokia so what about yeah. uh, what about what about BlackBerry? They've been in the news in the last few days. Um, d- did you guys see the um, the yes. letter that got published online? Yes, I did. Yep. Yeah. So that that. <laughs> That was interesting. My understanding is that was somebody reasonably high up within uh, uh, Research in Motion who, who make the BlackBerry um, uh, handsets and, and, of course, the playbook and so on, and they were pretty scathing of um, of, of what they're doing as an organisation and basically came up with a list of suggestions on what the organisation could do uh, to get back on track. The question is, do you think it's do you think it's possible? Can they uh, can they turn the ship around? I mean, they're still making some really really solid products. Profits, but their share prices has dropped, and it just doesn't seem to kind of be the uh, the cool platform that it that it once was. Was it really ever cool? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was cool for Obama. <laughs> Crackberries they used to call them, didn't they? But <laughs> I think that the, the, they they you know they they targeted a market that which was the the corporate American user, and they really they hit that market really well, and they built up a a massive following from there. And there wasn't really a credible player in the market no, at the time. You're right. You're right. Um, and but since then things have have changed. Um, I think you know. Um, one of the smartest things that, that Apple did was license Microsoft's exchange server technology yes. and so they've yep. actually yep. got really good penetration in the in the corporate market and going back to your comments about I'm an iPhone user myself but one of the things that, uh, I, that there's two opportunities I see for for the, the for Microsoft's mobile offering which is one is I think they've done an awesome job in terms of architecting their social platform with the you know the the, uh, the integration with uh, Facebook and LinkedIn and those sorts of things they've done something really unique there i like the general um the ui itself and if they can't produce the best um windows uh sorry the best um office based um viewing and editing (laughs) um experience then there's something wrong there yep totally agree (laughs) totally agree Yeah, well, we'll see, we'll we'll see what happens with uh, with BlackBerry. I think it will be interesting to um, to have this discussion in six months and and just to see uh, you know where the platforms are going, what what's happened uh, with HP's WebOS, and uh, you know where the where the playbook's gone. But um, yeah, I I suspect that. Um, there, there are going to be some real, some real challenges for uh, for the newer players in the in the market, and um, well, for the in the uh, tablet space, and there are going to be some challenges for the older players, particularly BlackBerry, in the uh, in the mobile space. So, uh, yeah. All right, uh, Hulu. What's happening there, Brad? 
So the rumour mill is out at the moment, and for people that don't know what Hulu is, Hulu is a competitor to Netflix. Um, in the US, they have a really good television range that you can watch your TV over the internet on mobile devices and also on the Xbox platform at this point in time. Now, Hulu, apparently, there is a lot of people trying to buy Hulu. Now, there are three major players that I've sort of read about. Um, one is Google. Now, you could see that tying into YouTube. That's how I would look at it. The other one is Facebook for delivering movies through Facebook. And the third one is Microsoft. So well, they've all got plenty of money. Yeah, they've all got the cash to do it. Um, now, obviously, Microsoft won the last battle when these three went out to try and do it with Skype. Um, and, yeah, we won't go that one again. But basically, yeah, so Hulu, they reckon, is up for sale. Those are the three players that are out there at the moment trying to look to buy Hulu. Um, which is an interesting play at the moment for that for that IPTV market in the browser market. Okay, so I've got an interesting question for you guys then. Who do you think's willing to pay the most money for it? Microsoft. Facebook. Microsoft. Google. <laughs> you just had to be different, didn't you? No, I don't think Facebook want to be outbid this time. It could be a face-saving exercise for them, perhaps. I see for the Xbox network it being such a value-add to have it built in. Yeah, but uh, Facebook have got the uh, relationship with Microsoft on a few things. Oh, well, we own so it'll, 10% it'll of them. It'll happen. So. It'll happen anyway. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, is Microsoft going to go uh, to the wall again on another multi-billion dollar purchase? Well, got, I think it'll be, a natural, it'll be a natural fit for Google that, you know, they lost out on Skype. Um, they're starting to get into this sort of online video marketplace um, type thing. So, you know, it would yeah. be a it'll be a really good uh, fit with where they're wanting to head. Um, but, you know, there are other ways of doing it rather than just shelling out the money and, and buying up the company. Um, so, you know, they've got enough dominance within the market, as have all of them that um, there would certainly be other ways of, of achieving, uh, you know, potentially achieving similar results. Either which way, the Hulu guys are smiling everywhere. <laughs> I mean, just imagine these three big companies yeah. coming towards you and be like, oh, this is like Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, that, Hulu, that is Hulu every entrepreneur's it. dream to be, to be in that situation where you're in a competitive bid situation with companies that have got hugely <laughs> deep pockets. <laughs> would you guys want that? Was that something for you guys down the track that you would want to have sort of Facebook and Zynga and all the different game guys coming after you? Nah, no, nah, we don't really want any money. No, okay, good. <laughs> all right. That's it. You heard that uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Bill Gates, you, they don't want to be bought. They're giving it away. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to be bought. Sorry, Paul. Yeah, the, the, the difference with Hulu, I mean, they were set up as a joint venture. So they had uh, NBC Universal, um, Fox Entertainment, and Disney ABC that actually um, got together and, 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 and launched this thing. Or uh, That's my understanding of it. So yep. um, it's a little bit different than your traditional little, little startup where, you know, some guy in his garage had an idea and, you know, and, and launched this, um, you know, launched this thing. So um, it's quite interesting because that's where the content comes from. From as those networks, uh, and you know there must be um, there must actually work out quite well for them to um, uh, to be able to own that content. But yeah, it's very interesting that those you know those those companies uh, with such a, a dominant um, you know product would be uh, would be wanting to sell would be wanting to uh, to sell out. Uh, but maybe that's because they want to hike up the fees that they get. Uh, and that they don't see Hulu as being profitable long term. So who knows? Any thoughts on that? I, th I think the area of um, that uh, television and, and the intersection between television and the internet's uh, a hugely exciting area that um, over the next, uh, f I say even in the, in the next uh, 12 to 24 months, we're going to see some, some big plays in there. You know, Google have been talking about Google TV and, and um, I guess one of the things I felt excited to see was with Plus uh, is that I felt they've done a good job. Google have produced so many lemons in the in the in the last few while, so it was great to see them do something well. And and since the initial launch of of Google TV, we haven't really seen anything. Yeah. Surely Apple have got to be doing something in this space. Personally, I, I haven't read anything about the the Hulu stuff, but I was thinking that an area that I was thinking rather than the question who would pay the most, which would be the most interesting um, company to buy it, and I was thinking Facebook buying Hulu would be a really yes, interesting totally. um, would be an interesting on purchase. demand rentals built into your social networking profile, being able to you know group multiple people to watch the same show at the same time, like going to a movie theater through your social circle. That'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely awesome. Yeah, does, isn't there a platform that does that already, Brad? Yeah, Netflix. 
<laughs> Maybe Netflix should buy Hulu. Interesting. All right. the, what's the name of the um, the media centre software that's uh, based on XBMC? Um, Oh, Boxy, Boxy. Yeah, yeah I was thinking yeah. that's an. Un- that's. I mean, they're they're doing a slightly different angle. F- but mm. um, I was thinking yeah. you combine Boxy and Hulu. My, uh, Facebook buying Boxy and Hulu. That'll be an interesting. Uh, that'll be an interesting. We should spend their money for them. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg, give us your money. We'll go out and spend it yeah, for we'll you. We'll buy you something. Um, did you notice the stats for New Zealand on demand stuff in the last uh, couple of weeks came out? And <gasps> um, it's just rocketing. I mean, the, um, TVNZ, I think, it was about yes. 320,000 weekly unique visitors, wow. and it's going up. And TV3 was something like 150,000 unique. I mean, we're, we're getting towards half a million weekly yes. visitors online to on demand services in New Zealand, which was where the news came through just recently that TVNZ have moved off to Akamai. Uh, to do a lot of their content delivery network, but just the demand in New Zealand is starting to rocket. Yeah. So we need good internet pipes. Yeah, well, I mean, what what that highlights is that we've, you know, um, you know, people are starting to use their uh, their home broadband a lot more, and I know we're starting to see the caps go up. Uh, Vodafone uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I can't remember whether we ended up chatting about this before. Uh, they they bumped up their uh, their data caps for your home connection so my one at home which was a 30 gig uh has gone up to a 45 gig data cap and you know of course you can uh with vodafone you can you can double that as well uh but you know even with that double that's only 90 gigs worth of data and i think that's that's a that's a real problem if you're wanting to watch in uh, in full hd uh looking at what's happening in australia We've just seen Telstra in Australia double their data caps. Their biggest data cap now is 500 gigs. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, so st- can you say that again? Was that 500 gig or me? 500 gigs. Half a terabyte. Worth the traffic oh. for your, on your home That's ADSL residential. connection. That's a residential, That's a residential uh, plan. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd have to be doing some serious bit torrenting to uh, to go through <laughs> yeah, that. Exactly. Of course, we don't condone that, do we, guys? Uh, no, no, no bit torrent is legal. It depends what torrent. content. It's the content. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in Australia, there, there are other um, there are other internet service providers that are doing up to a terabyte worth worth of traffic um, that you can get. Now, you know, sure they're, they're paying a little bit more for that than what we're paying for our you know forty five gigs or uh, eighty gigs or whatever, depending on which telco. Uh, an ISP combination you're with um, but th- there's a serious um, seems there's a serious difference there you guys got any opinion on, on why we're paying so much more in New Zealand I think the news just came out uh, there, there was a, a comment uh, just out from um, I think it was the, the CEO of the Southern Cross Network, who who you know provide the internet bandwidth into New Zealand and and a chunk of it into Australia, saying that they charge the same rate yeah. to Australian internet providers uh, as the, as they charge to New Zealand internet providers. So why are we paying so much more, or why are we getting so much less for our money here in New Zealand compared to Australia? Well, I think there's there's there's, a, and there's an absence of two words to explain that, and that's Pacific Fibre. Yes, you bring as soon as Pacific, if if uh, if and when uh, Pacific Fibre are successful in raising the money, um, that's going to produce competition into the market because, quite frankly, there isn't any competition here. Um, I can't I can't recall what the figures were, but the dividend that um, Southern Cross company pulled out last year was just absolutely huge so those guys are, are making bucket loads of money we need competition in a word that's and um, and I think the team behind no, no question on that one we're all in agreement yeah we, we've got to get it I mean it's just it's just crazy it's backward it really is backward if that's the case I'm sorry but but even so if uh, if Southern Cross are charging the same to ISPs in New Zealand as this as they're paying in Australia um, you know d- do we have an issue amongst our ISPs or are there some extra layers and fees that are coming in from, from telecom or other sort of restrictions uh, you know, into the exchanges that are stopping us from, from getting you know, bigger data caps at the moment? Uh, look, I, I reckon we should try and get an ISP into the studio in a couple of weeks um, when we get back from LA and try and uh, see if we can get them to talk to us about it. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Well, it might be. Uh, yeah. And and I mean, we have um, uh, um, spoken to uh, to one of the guys from Pacific Fibre in the past about coming on to the show, and you know, we haven't managed to schedule that in yet. But um, maybe that would be uh, that would be a good one just to uh, to hear a little bit about you know their their time frames and and so on. I'm sure they've probably got a pretty good uh, uh, pretty good view and uh, and opinions across what's happening in in that market in New Zealand too. So uh, we'll try and get that slotted in. Good, good. Now, next up, uh, what have we got next up on the agenda there, Brad? Uh, some open source news, if that's okay. Yeah, dive in. Okay, so for you, all your open source guys out there, um, Solaris 11 is still around, and the, it's just in the finishing stages at the moment. Um, they're anticipating that it'll come out in the next few weeks. We'll be able to actually get our hands on Solaris 11 to have a play with, which is which is great to see that it's still being looked after, nurtured, and, and developed. I remember being a Solaris engineer when it's last, gosh, four or five with Spark systems many, many years ago now. So, um, yeah, the good old days. So, <laughs> showing your rates there, I man. really am. But yeah, so that, that's on its way. And also, OpenSUSE is out 11.4. And this is absolutely stunning reviews out there in, in the consumer space, which I found really, really interesting. So, um, I'm going to actually download this over the weekend and actually we'll be in LA, Paul. So, I'll download it when we're in LA. Yeah, we'll be able to download it over our 3G and it'll be faster than our normal internet yeah. connections in New Zealand, um, hopefully. Yeah, so I'll get a live, live CD up and going and, or DVD and I'll um, install this. But I was just reading some of the reviews and people that aren't sort of um, pro the open source world were absolutely raving how they've really nailed it with this version. So, I'll be really interested to hear from the community out there if anyone's using it um, and I'm really excited to see what's going on with that one good good all right well uh, now we're uh, we're sort of about time to wrap up there's a, there's a few more bits and pieces on the agenda we hope to get through um, skip you've been having a play around with the uh, Samsung Galaxy s2 um, yes. that, that we've had for the last week or so um, what's it what's your what are your quick opinions on uh, on that you probably looked at it a bit more than uh, than Brad and I yeah it's it's a nice light uh, device it's it's quite large it's bigger than the focus it's probably slightly bigger than the iPhone it's 4. like the HD2 it's yeah, that size it's, it's it's but it's not heavy it's not bulky or anything and um, which version of android is this is this, this shipping was with? running on the new gingerbread um, yes. release uh, it was it was slick yes i have to say i i'm not a big fan of android phones but i liked this android phone yes. it was fast responsive um and I managed to get it up on the network okay, which is fine, and it was it just worked so well. The marketplace, Android marketplace, looked amazing. Uh, there are some great apps in that space. Um, I almost decided to go to Android at that very moment in time, actually. Wow. It was just a really nice experience. I, I thought, man, this is, this is actually maturing as a product. It's really nice. And Samsung, I, honestly, can those guys create anything rubbish? They, everything they've... T- producing them it seems to be so good yeah the quality was great on it. i mean i had a quick mm. go the screen was beautiful oh it's amazing i, I watched um uh, a youtube trailer and, and high definition on it and it was just crystal clear and and it's, it is a, it's a very very nice android phone and it's but the only thing i felt it almost felt too thin if that right. makes sense yeah um because like sometimes you hold a phone you want to feel it's got a little bit of robustness in it and this one almost felt too thin and i know that's we're all wanting things really ultra light and thin, but this one just felt like, oh, if I twist it, it might break on me or something like that. So Yeah, it did seem to be a little bit that way. I, I thought, no, nah, it's pretty robust. And Paul wouldn't let me throw it across the room. No, but he um, breaks everything. So yeah, so I'll, I'll leave it up to you him have, to you try You have that. to reserve that for me to do, right? Yeah. That's right, yeah. But um, it actually performed so well, I thought there was some trickery behind it. That Honestly, it's how I felt yeah. about it. I thought YouTube's working so very well off this device. Um, not not like when I got a, I, the original iPhones had real trouble with YouTube, and that was a real pain. Yeah, this, but you've got to remember there's a dual-core CPU in there. I mean, the CPU in there is is up there with, you know, with what a, a lot of, you know, low-power laptops... <laughs> Uh, yeah, had, exactly. you know, six Scary. months ago. In fact, it's got more grunt uh, than most netbooks that are in the market. So, you know, you've got a lot of horsepower behind it. So, I mean, I, I I wonder whether that's really necessary in a smartphone with that sort of overkill, you know, should you need that much power, uh, you know, it's no, going to end up no, having an impact on, on battery and so on. But, uh, no, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, what, it's what's the battery well. life like on it? Uh, didn't give it a full battery. It's got a fairly grunty battery to it. Um, I think if you had it... Oh, actually, no. I had it sitting idle 
uh, for a couple of days with no use, and it, it stood up fine. Um, but it's under heavy usage, usage that we tend to get really that feedback about Android, one isn't day. it? One yeah. day. I, I used it, and I got one day. But that's the same as what I'm getting off my Focus on yeah, it's, Windows it's, Phone 7. It's better than what we used to get off the other Android devices, which you are recharging at 5. Yep. Like, I'm talking go to bed and I still had battery left, you know, type thing. So Yeah, yeah. It no, it's good. It's, no, it's good. A, it's a nice device, nice device. All right, now a little bit of an update. We've been uh, last week. We kicked off uh, the competition to uh, to give away phone from Two Degrees, um, the very nice uh, dual core um, LG Optimus Two X handset. Uh, thanks to everyone that's entered that so far. That's uh, that's been coming along really well. Uh, what we've decided to do is we're going to draw it next week uh, from LA. So we'll be making the announcement there. Um, just because you know, there's some people that may have missed out. Out on uh, on hearing about the competition last week and so on. Um, so any anyone who hasn't entered can uh, can enter that. Um, if you feel a little bit hard done by that um, that we're not drawing that tonight, uh, what what we will do is we'll open it up. Anyone who's entered in the last week, if you want to have another go, yeah, um, you're welcome twice. to send, send in a second entry, um, and that'll obviously uh, double up your uh, your chances. Um, just a little hint for those who are. Um, uh, uh, Doing tweets about uh, about the NZ Tech podcast, um, it doesn't really count if your uh, tweet is a reply because that means nobody actually sees your tweet other than us. <laughs> uh, so don't start your tweet with at NZ Tech podcast because that's uh, that's a, a little bit like sending a direct uh, an email to us and saying, "Hey, look, yeah, I've told my friends about it." Uh, no, that actually just came to us. So uh, uh, ju- just a little hint there if uh, if you're new to Twitter, uh, but hey. Look, we really appreciate all those that have uh, that have jumped jumped on board and, and have been supporting the uh, the NZ Tech podcast. We've got a few other exciting things coming up, and we'll announce a little bit more about that uh, next week from LA. Um, the details of our upcoming um, video uh, live show. So um, yeah, details of that, as I say, coming up uh, next week from LA. Uh, with that show, we're going to be doing that one a day early, so that's going to be going online on a Monday night rather than a. Tuesday night, uh, so that Brad and I have uh, have time to put together episodes from Microsoft's Worldwide Partner Conference. So we've got our main usual podcast launching on Monday night, and then on Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night, uh, we expect to have episodes up, which will basically be covering that uh, Microsoft Worldwide Partner Conference. Now, we know um, some in the audience won't be interested in that, but for those who are involved in the tech industry, and particularly uh, in that um, uh, you know reseller and uh, uh, partner a sort of uh, environment, then uh, that'll be the sort of show that you want to listen into to uh, uh, to hear about the bits and pieces that are coming through from uh, from Microsoft. We'll be hearing from uh, guys like Stephen Sinoski and uh, uh, Stephen Barmer, who are going to be uh, speaking there at Microsoft's uh, conference uh, and and a few other bits and pieces. So uh, yeah, really looking forward to that one. Yeah, and also quickly, we're going to be going around to the Apple Store, Microsoft Store, and a whole lot of other electronic and consumer stores on the Saturday and Sunday bringing you updates of sort of what's going on out there, getting our hands on some of We hope to have our hands on an HP WebOS device, and even, I don't know if they'll have it there, but if they've got Windows 8 there, we'll get our hands on that, and we'll be able to give you guys a review of what's going on. Yeah, so place your orders through <laughs> no. to Paul. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, so hopefully we'll be able to bring you back some te- um, technology news from LA as well. Yeah, no, look, looking forward to that. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Uh, it's been an uh, enjoyable episode. Thanks very much, uh, Mitch, for joining us on the show. Uh, we've Thanks we've really en- really enjoyed having your input. It's great, and uh, we certainly hope uh, we'll be able to drag you back uh, back into the studio again uh, to guest in on an, on another episode in the future. Sure. All right. Uh, thanks very much, guys. And so remember to uh, look at nztechpodcast.com for uh, for details of the competition if you'd like to win that handset. Uh, of course, you can always find us facebook.com slash nztechpodcast and at nztechpodcast on Twitter. All right. Cheers. See ya. Bye. 